But if I'm standing in an arena with 15,000 people or 500 people yeah. in a small group, it takes no more energy to right. sell to 500 or 15,000 than it does to one. Speaker Podcast. Hi, I'm RV Robinson. I'm the master speaker trainer, international speaker, and author of Speak Up, Get Clients, and your host today for the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. And I have brought back to you by popular demand one of my dear friends, Ben Gay III, who has been asked, who I've been asked millions of times, when are you going to have him back on your show? So today, by popular demand, I have with me Ben Gay III. Ben Gay III has been called a living legend in the sales world. After 50 plus years in professional selling, he has been the number one salesperson in every organization that he has worked. At the age of 25, he was president of what was then the world's largest direct sales network marketing company, having been personally trained by fellow sales legends, Jay Douglas Edwards, Dr. Napoleon Hill, Earl Nightingale, William Penn Patrick, Zig Ziglar, and many other sales giants. One of the most famous, popular, and powerful sales trainers in the world, Ben now writes, publishes, produces The Closers, series of books, audios, videos, newsletters, tele-trainings, live seminars, a series that is considered to be the foundation of professional selling. Ben was the founder and is the current executive director of the National Association of Professional Salespeople. Ben and his lovely wife, Gigi, live near Lake Tahoe in a little northern California town of Placerville, California, where the California gold rush began. So please help me welcome Ben Gay Third. All right, Ben, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. All right. So we're so glad to have you back. I had so many people that asked, when are you going to have Ben Gay the third back? We'd love to know more. He had such great insight and such great knowledge, such great associations. Uh, when are you going to bring him back? So here you are. Uh, welcome again, Ben Gay, to the Million Dollar Speaker Summit. So today's topic, we're doing a little something different than last time. Today's topic is how to sell 10.5 million copies of a book. And one of the questions I forget, yeah, there you go, your closers, the closers. And one of the things I ask you is, have you done that? And you said, yes. So first, let's just jump right in. Tell our audience, how in the world did you sell that many books? Well, there's a, it's interesting story to the closers. Uh, as it says on the front uh, cover, Ben Gay, the third editor. 
Ah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't write the first draft of the closers. I had the world, I created the call center industry, the world's first nationwide toll-free uh, call center answering service, order-taking service, et cetera. And I didn't realize it when we started, but 95% of all Americans, probably worse in other parts of the world, didn't know an 800 number was toll-free. <laughs> And, and, and they didn't know the advantages of running in their ads and so on. So they talked real fast because it was long distance. Right. And, they, and they yelled when they called because oh, they no. remember calling their grandmother when you used to have to yell on long distance <laughs> to be heard. But we had to, I created a company and an industry simultaneously. And we had to get to work teaching people uh, the, the advantages of an 800 number and that it was toll free. So uh, all of my uh, employees, team members had uh, those pen knives, you know, where you can cut out ads and so on. And they would have cut out every ad they saw that they that, that didn't have an 800 number that they thought could benefit from an 800 number. And uh, then I had a series of letters that I wrote. We included your ad in a letter and told you sales would probably go up 40% or whatever number I made up at the time uh, if you had an 800 number in it. So doing my fair share, I'm going through the Wall Street Journal one day and, and I'm looking at the want ads after I did the display ads and I saw a little bitty ad. It wasn't clear to me what it did, but it was in the selling section or salespeople or something. So I clipped it out and uh, put it on a typing request to go down to word processing to send out, start the series of letters. And as I was doing it, I noticed it said something about closing or closers. And I couldn't figure out if it was a book or what it was, but I was supposed to send whatever, 1995, uh, if I wanted to buy it. So in addition to starting the series of letters, I put my personal check on the paperclip to order the book. Had it never come, RV, I would have never known. I didn't care. It was just curiosity and uh, so on. A few weeks later, I get this package in the mail that in today's society, I would have the bomb squad open. <laughs> it, was, it was a ratty brown envelope with crayon. It looked like one of those kidnap things, right, you know, I'm right, hold, right. holding your child hostage. <laughs> Uh, but I opened it and there was this book. It didn't look like this. It didn't have any artwork or anything. It just said the closers. That's roughly the logo it had though, antique wow. olive. Wow. And uh, so I did what you do when you get a new book. I flipped through the pages, you know, did that thumb thing. Pages shot all over my office. It was uh, horrible, oh. it barely bound at all. Oh, down. And what was left in the book, about half the page that didn't come out, about half the pages were upside down. I mean, it, it looked like it had been bound by chimpanzees. <laughs> so I thought, well, okay, uh, I've, I've lost more money than that and things. So I get out of my hands and knees, gather it all up, and I'm getting ready to throw it in the trash can. Uh, when uh, something caught my eye, and I'm sort of cheap thrifty as I like to call it <laughs> so and this is before iPhone cell phones in-flight movies everywhere you went you read the in-flight magazine right uh, and then you were done 
So I thought, well, I'll, I'll take it to New York or wherever I was going next, put a rubber band around it, threw it in my briefcase. As I thought, an hour or so into the flight, uh, I get out my briefcase to see what I got to work with, and there's this ratty book. So here was my plan. Thumb through a little bit, see if there's anything of value in it, then leave it in the seat pocket, the back seat pocket, and let somebody else worry about throwing it away. <laughs> and uh, I started flipping through started flipping through it. RV, I had found the Dead Sea Scrolls of Selim. Mm. Uh, poorly written, bad grammar, uh, poorly spelled. I can't tell you all the things that were wrong with it, but I've been in selling long enough when I can tell somebody knows what they're talking about, even if they can't read or write, but right. they know what they're talking about. So I uh, read not all of it, but a lot of it. And when we landed at LaGuardia, I went over to a payphone. For those of you in the cell phone generation, that was a phone on the wall into which you put money. You dialed. <laughs> and, dialed. and dialed. Yeah. And I called the number in the book and it was in Arizona. And, and I said, hi to whoever answered. I said, hi, I just finished reading the closers. And they said, well, Mr. Gay, how are you? And I'm looking around. I thought I was on candid camera. No caller ID. Yeah, I'm from a payphone, you know, whatever. We I didn't said, have caller ID back then. No, no. And wouldn't have done any good at a payphone anyway. No, it wouldn't have worked. So, <laughs> so I said, uh, how did you know I was Ben Gay? And they said, well, we printed 500 copies of the closers. We ran one ad one day in the Wall Street Journal. and We sold one book. So if you've read the closers, your name is Ben Gay, and you live in Plas you live in Placerville, California. Wow. And, and I said, my God, one book. And they said, yeah. And I said, like, in long story, somewhat shorter. I said, I've said, you know, what I might want to do is buy the rights to this book and and uh, at least give some away to friends because it'll give them something to do. You have to open it, put it back together, turn the pages upside. <laughs> and uh, uh, so on. So uh, how many do you have on hand? And the guy said, like I said, we printed 500, we sold one. one. I, don't have to, I don't have to go check, 499. <laughs> I said, so I said, all right, give me a good price. And he gave me a price, I said, I'll take them. So that was gonna be the end of that. I gave them to my in-house telephone reps and they gave them to some of their people. And we went through the 500. I had them stacked literally in my office. I didn't want them to go into the warehouse and get mixed up with inventories. So I had people come up, get books, disappear. And after a while they were gone. And then we had people start calling. If you're gonna redo that thing, we'd like to buy some and resell them. Well, we had a division that sold our cosmetic line, our vitamin line and so on. So I had a place to go with it. So I called the guy back, bought the marketing rights and the rights to rewrite it and uh, you know, make, turn it into a real book and just pay them a royalty. And uh, so we started off. Now I had, I cheated a little bit. We had a distributor organization. So I started selling them wholesale and they resold them. Then we started running quarter page ads in the Wall Street Journal, a little better than the one I had answered. Uh, and then full page ads in Salesman's Opportunity and Success Magazine, you know, all the sales type magazines. 
and sales began to take off. And I, at one point, I talked to some publishers, do you want to handle it? No, that's beneath our dignity or whatever. Uh, by the time we'd sold 2 million copies, they were calling us. And I said, no, no, you're beneath my dignity. Uh, I, I'm not going to work on a 10% royalty where I'm printing the book at cost and selling it at retail. I, I don't need you. Right. Uh, and then uh, we didn't allow it in bookstores because we didn't want to compete with our distributors or like Mary Kay doesn't want to be in Macy's. Right, right. And right. Uh, so at 5 million copies, we decided to let it go into bookstores. And somewhere along in there, Jeff started Amazon and, and we began selling books there. Uh, our home, I call the house that Amazon built because our monthly payments from them uh, in the early days, pretty much equal to house payment. So you know, I got the check from Amazon or the bank credit and then sent it on to the, the people who held our mortgage. And uh, time went on. And, and uh, by about 1990, we had sold uh, 10 and a half million copies. Well, by 1995, we'd sold 10 and a half million copies. I was away from the business for six years and they weren't keeping track of the sales and they changed printers four or five times. So the truth is I couldn't come up with an accurate number, but I was able to rebuild what I knew we bought and sold. And that was 10 and a half million. And I said, fine, that's enough. Uh, most people, the average book in the United States sells 500 copies. And that includes the one they give away at Christmas to their relatives. They print 500. <laughs> They print 500 copies. So I thought 10 and a half million ought to be enough to impress people. Yeah. But that was, uh, that was 25 years ago. And we don't sell what we used to sell because we don't advertise, haven't advertised it in 25 years and don't have a distributor organization anymore. But we sell one of my biggest parts of the day is signing books. We sell uh, books now just based on word of mouth. You get 10 and a half million plus books out there that are good. It's, it is probably, and it's not, I repeat, I didn't write it, so I don't have to, it's not my ego involved. It's the best, most powerful, most popular book on selling ever written. And That's so the, it, it continues on. I had an order this morning. I'm sort of dreading it. I've got to sign them 150 books. Oh, they want no. rush because they're going to give it away for Christmas from oh, somebody I, I, yeah, from somebody I never heard of and never worked with, never, they never saw an ad. So, you know, it just, I don't think it'll ever die. My grandchildren will probably be selling it. I love it. That, so I, that brings me a couple of questions. Now, the person that originally wrote the book, well, first, congratulations on your 10 and a half million that continues from 1995. You've probably sold another 10 and a half million since then, if you were keeping track. But let me ask yeah. a couple of questions. The original guy that wrote them, I mean, what a blessing you are to that person that you took his, his gift, all right? His gift wasn't writing, but his gift was sales, and you have just carried it through until today. I mean, what a blessing. But is that guy still involved, the original writer? Do you still, you know, pay him royalties for that? Is he just blessed beyond belief? Or did did he buy out of it somewhat? We finally we finally did a, a buyout, a settlement years ago. 
and he has passed away, I believe. I haven't physically seen him in many years. Uh, And the truth is, if you ask me who wrote it, I don't know. The person who claims to have written, the person who claims to have written it, I had him come in and do a seminar one time, and it was obvious he stood up in front of the room, and I had to get up, put my hand on his shoulder, and okay, well, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. So he didn't, write, he didn't know his stuff. He didn't write it, probably. No, I didn't know the book. Um, so I believe that somebody else wrote it, and perhaps he borrowed their idea or whatever. I mean, Maybe it was a he... ghostwriter. Yeah, I don't know. I have well, no what clue. What I give I give credit to him in the uh, first pages of the book uh, because. I, I don't know anybody else to give credit to, and uh, but I, I don't believe it. Got it. But really, so no. missed ten and a half million copies written by anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, it's a blessing though um, to you and for you. But really, the credit now goes to you because you have shepherded that book all these years. Yeah and made yeah. sure that it, the information was out there and rewrote it. And I'm sure you put some of your own self and experience. It, and it's, so. uh, it's, you know, f- first run through was corrections. And then yeah. now I've read it two or three times at that point. So I thought, well, you know, if I'd written it, I would have put this in or that. So I went back and started doing some of that. And uh, then people said, well, when are you going to write one just of your own? There you go, closer two. And uh, now we're doing co-writers, closers part three. Paul helped me write that. And we've got, I think, up to seven or eight underway being written. Somebody's, you know, they've bought in and and they're writing their book. So the, the series will go on. We'll have more closers books by title than the original publisher sold. (laughs) <laughs> I repeat, nice. they sold one, which really, RV takes us back to selling, if you know how yeah, to sell. Yeah, let's talk about selling, how they, to sell it. They, they sold one book, I sold 10 and a half plus million, so we must have known a little bit about selling and marketing. Yeah, tell us a little bit. I mean, for there's so many authors out there. First of all, everybody, if you're listening, you will get an opportunity at the end to buy that book because, or any of the series of books. Ben's going to give you a very special link. So stay tuned for that because I know you want to be one of those 10 and a half million or 12 or 15 <laughs> million now. I know I do. So stay tuned for that. But let's talk about the other, the rest of you that are authors out there, speakers and authors. Let's listen on how we can sell more books because I'm a little bit ahead of you, ahead of your example of 500 books. I think I've sold 2,000 of my books without even that's, trying. That's um, very good. But uh, but I've probably given about, uh, at least 500 of them away, as you said, Christmas gifts. All my family the first year, it's like, I don't even know if they want it, you know, here, here's your gift, you know, but, um, but I, but I really need that experience and knowledge on really how to sell the books because I really don't know. And I really haven't tried that much to sell my books. So again, tell us all speakers and authors uh, and speakers that have books and authors, how we can sell more, even if it's not 10.5 million, how can we sell 5,000 or, you know, 5,000 of them at least? 
well, there's all the things everybody knows, uh, uh, Amazon, your own website and, and so on, and constant promotion. Uh, part yeah. of my permanent logo on Facebook, it says Ben Gay, you know, when you get a message from it, it says Ben Gay the third, the closers. And then it goes into whatever I'm, we're really talking about. It's just part of my logo. Uh, my shirt, Ben Gay the third, the closer. I don't, I don't leave it to change. And on a bad hair day, I have a hat, Ben <laughs> Gay the third. <laughs> The closer. the closer. So you're suggesting constant promotion, put the name of your book on your hat and on your shirt sure. and on your yep. logo and on your signature. Every, everywhere. everywhere. And then, as I said, in the early days when, when we were selling even more than we sell now, I don't mean it's trailed off. I've trailed off. I'm not willing to run a distributed organization with, you know, it's like uh, I ran the largest multi-level marketing company in the world yeah. at the time. Uh, and uh, it's very tiring to be afraid to go out of your house because there are distributors behind every bush uh, <laughs> lurking in every restaurant. They need to grab <laughs> yeah. you, right? Yeah. Miss, yeah, Mr. Gay, Mr. Gay, can I, can the wife and I just have a moment of your time? Yeah. Right. Uh, so I don't want to do that anymore. But for those of you who haven't had the experience or you're younger and less grumpy than I am, uh, I would advocate a distributor business of some sort. If you have somebody who likes your book, uh, and that's key, you know, find a product you love and all that stuff. Many salespeople waste their lives selling things that they don't really believe in or like and aren't needed, and they're trying to find a tricky close so they can still sell. 85% uh, of the problems in selling go away when you sell a quality product or service that is competitively priced and you spend your time talking to qualified people. Well, most of that in a distributor type business is answered when you've got somebody who read your book and liked it. Right. Okay. Offered it to them wholesale. For, or, okay. I was going to say for free, but okay. Wholesale. Yeah. Right. I'm not advocating multi-level. I'm not against multi-level. I'm a consultant to a lot of multi-level firms. And I repeat, ran the largest one in the world when I was a kid, 25. Uh, and uh, it was called Holiday Magic Cosmetics. And the uh, it's just easier and it's and get into you'll love this learn from Arvi uh, get into public speaking because uh, it's far easier I would take the same amount of time and energy Arvi if you and I didn't know each other and if you didn't know my material selling you a book but if I'm standing in an arena with fifteen thousand people or five hundred people yeah. in a small group it takes no more energy to right. sell to 500 or 15,000 than it does to one. Uh, I did a seminar for dentists a few years ago. I still work with most of them, 3,500 dentists. And uh, they were, the people who put on the seminar said, now don't talk about selling because these are professional dentists. I said, what are they, uh, why are they here? Well, they want to yeah. build their practice. That's called selling. Yes, hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I found out that Dennis had no objection. The promoter thought they had an objection. They didn't. But anyway, Gigi, my lovely wife, who bears a striking resemblance to you, by the way. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I put her out in a little booth outside the 
door and then I got up and talked and I think I had an hour Dan Kennedy was there and several other people and I wandered out at lunch or thereabouts and I said to Gigi um, how are we doing dentists she'd sold $59,000 worth of books and CDs and so on with me mentioning it once and pointing to the back door my wife is out there in the hallway go see her and Gigi, who never the promise when we got married, because she I'd been married before and she knew that I sucked people into public speaking in seminars. She said, I never want to speak in front of a group. I'm scared to death. I said, well, I'll never put you in that position. Don't worry about it. When I walk out to see how she's doing, she's standing on a chair talking to about 25 people. And then you get, and then you get this. And I just smiled. I thought, this is the lady who never wanted to do public speaking. But the, the moral of the story is groups speaking, sign the books in the room and get distributors. And when I look at a room full of people, I'm not just looking at this person buys a book and this one buys three books and so-and-so. I'm looking at potential distributors who over time will buy hundreds, if not thousands of books. And the, I started off doing that. Uh, Earl Nightingale was the voice of each of my companies. He came to work for us. Plus, he was a friend and a mentor. But I sold his material, The Strangest Secret, back when it was a 33 and a third RPM record. The Strangest Secret. That's, that's my, my first copy. This was given to me the day I joined Holiday Magic. Is that an uh, album, a record album that you're That's a record up? album. It's a record, yeah. big record album. Uh, we yeah. don't see those anymore. <laughs> no. I, Love I it. Keep reading. Albums are coming back because kids are buying them and they think it's fascinating oh. to use a record player. We didn't think it was fascinating. It was the only way you could hear somebody That's else. Right. But, but anyway, I bought the strangest secret from Earl at a 55, a 50% discount. I think it was bought his big albums, lead the field and the complete speaker, et cetera, bought those at 50%. That's sort of how I got into the selling information business was selling his stuff. And uh, so it, the industry hasn't changed. People like to be associated with something that's popular and uh, accepted. Well, they read your, your stuff. I would be honored to sell your stuff. Um, so, you know, give them, whoever's listening to this, if you got a book or a CD or a, uh, audible, is that what they call them now? To me, it's audio visual, but uh, An audible. audio audible book. Yes. Yeah. Audible books. Um, make them available to distributors at a discount. I didn't sell 10 and a half million copies retail. I sold 10 and a half million copies lot retail, Beautiful. wholesale, and in groups to people. 3,500 dentists, and that was at lunch. We sold a lot more before the day was over, but by roughly lunch, Gigi sold $59,000 worth of product because I stood up on the stage and said, you ought to get this book. Right. <laughs> it's they available ran, in the back of the room. They ran the now, to do room. that, you may have to overcome the fear of public speaking. And aren't, you're looking at, I do some of that work too, but you're looking at one of the grand masters in that field in RV. Oh, so get over your fear and then, well, where would I speak? Service organizations 
are dying. Some poor clod misses a meeting one day and he gets, uh, and he's not there to deny it, uh, decline it. He gets selected, he or she, the program chairman. Their job is to come up with a speaker once a month. So the first month he gets his best friend and the second month he wishes he'd never heard of the organization. <laughs> All you have to do is then, you know, who should I speak to? Right, right. Kiwanis, Rotary, Chamber of Commerce, whatever, and get good. Uh, Zig and I, Zig worked for me also, but we joined Holiday Magic, Zig Ziglar. We joined Holiday Magic on the same day in the same meeting. Three of us showed up for the meeting. Jimmy Rucker, my business partner, Zig Ziglar, and me. September 15th, 1965, Wednesday at noon at 1447 West Peachtree Street in Atlanta, Georgia, Suite 300. Uh, it didn't make a big impression on me. But anyway, that's how, when, how and when my life turned. And then when I figured out Zig was doing some speaking already and raised in the church in the South, uh, he came out of his mother's womb speaking and laughing. Yeah. So I said, how do I get started, Zig? And he said, speak to everybody and anybody. Wherever two or more are gathered together, tell them your story. And then it became a joke. He would tell people if we were together somewhere, I'd see him point at me. He said, Ben Gay would work a traffic accident. Uh, and I did. I, anywhere, anywhere. I worked in and around prisons for 11 years. I hadn't thought of this in a long time. San Quentin and uh, Lomp Lompoc Federal Penitentiary, San Quentin State Prison, California. Uh, I have distributors who sell my books who were inmates in one of those two facilities and heard about my story and everything. When they got out, they said, can I buy some and sell them? I said, sure. That's amazing. This to this day. In fact, we adopted him. He's an honorary son. This is Lamont Bowens. Ooh, uh, don't let your past hold you back. Nice. Yeah. When I met him, he would he asked if he could come to the public speaking class I was teaching at the federal prison there. He was a 19-year-old drug dealer, uh, high school dropout. I'm not sure he ever dropped in, but he <laughs> I know he hadn't graduated. So, but he had a knack. I, I said, he said, you won't make me speak. And of course I lied to him like I lied to everybody. <laughs> and walked into the room and I said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think there was a lady in there, a guard, but uh, we have a special guest tonight, blah, 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 first day and he got up. He didn't have much inventory, but his voice and presence, he was as good as Martin Luther King Jr. for about five minutes. Then he ran out of stuff to talk about. Right. We got it. We got him his GED. Gigi uh, and I took him under our wing. Uh, we, we've never had to pay a penny, but we guaranteed his college when he decided he wanted to go to college. Then we guaranteed his law school when he decided he wanted to go to law school. Uh, he now has three offices, Los Angeles, Dallas, and Washington, D.C. And he asked me the other day for a six months ago for a letter of recommendation. He's up for a federal judgeship oh in some sort God. of some sort of juvenile court. Oh well, my goodness sakes. He listened to a few things that I said in class and wrote this book and he sold thousands of them. 
I love it. Don't let the past hold you back. Well, then we're going to have to wrap up today. Our time is almost over. But you know what I love that you're talking about here for everybody is leverage. You've leveraged the book. You've leveraged your experience. You've leveraged distributorship. You leverage speaking, right? And you have literally changed the world. And not only this one life that you're talking about, you know, it's now a judge, mm -hmm. but I mean, we all touch people's lives and we just don't even know it. We touch them through our words, through our books, through our efforts, through our speaking, through our stories. And when we get blessed to know like this individual that you're just talking about, that's gone all the way that you can follow and see how you've blessed them, that's a blessing. But just know for everyone out there, Every time you speak, every time you share your message, every time you do something for someone, you're blessing them and you're getting blessings, blessings in heaven as well. You're getting, you're building treasures in heaven. So speaking about treasures, you are a treasure. Your knowledge is a treasure <laughs> and your book is a treasure. So how would someone get it? Because I know people that are listening, we promised that we would give them a way that they could get more of you and your knowledge and your gifts. So how do they get their hands on the closers and even the series if they wanted to go further and wanted to be a distributor with you, wanted to maybe be part of the future book? How do they, how do they get a hold of you and how do they get a copy of the book? Just go to stores, S-T-O-R-E-S dot ebay.com forward slash Ronzoni books. That's spelled R-O-N-Z-O-N-E-B-O-O-K-S. Stores.ebay.com slash Ronzoni books. And it's I'm sending them there instead of to my website because uh, they're less expensive there. Uh, they they uh, offered special pricing and free shipping. I don't do either one. Ooh, free shipping. That's good. Yeah. And, and, and is it anywhere in the U U.S. or can someone, I have a lot of people that listen from Canada and some other countries. What about other countries? We will ship, free, most people who do that have forwarding services. We'll ship priority mail free okay. to their forwarding service. Not not to Paris or wherever there you, right. you pay whatever whatever it is. Uh, we're not making any money. Uh, a cute thing I know we're we're done for the day, but cute thing already. People say, how come they can sell it for less than you do, and in free shipping? Well, Ronzoni Books. If you heard that part, Gigi, my wife, maiden name is Ronzoni. Ah. That's that's her store. So how she does it is I have to pay the printer and, and royalties and everything. <laughs> she sneaks into our warehouse and steals what she needs. And nobody in our staff has ever had the nerve to say, Mrs. Gay, you can't do that. Uh, although I've encouraged them to, it hasn't worked. And then having sold it, she has them slipped into our shipping stream. Got it. Yeah, so she has little or no product costs, and I pay the shipping even though I didn't get the money. So until I figure out how to shut down her embezzlement scheme, go there now. It isn't someday I'm going to stop it. No, <laughs> not yet. All right, everybody, you heard that. So go right now to stores.ebay.com. 
dot com right slash R O N Z is in zebra O N E books B O O K S. It'll be in the show notes, but grab your copy of the closers free shipping and at a discounted price. And let's increase that 10,000.5 to, you know, higher than whatever it is right now. Okay. (laughs) Contribute to that. And again, just blow it out of the water. All right, Ben, it's been so lovely once again being with you. I really appreciate you and your knowledge. I'm going to have you come back on the show because next time I want to talk to you about what was it like having mentors like Napoleon Hill, Zig Ziglar, and um, ben, William Ben Patrick, and some of these icons that we just hear about today, but we, you know, we don't know anything except about what we might read about them. I'd love to know the insights and the personal um, stories that you have about them. Would you be willing to come back and share that with us? Absolutely love to, Aubrey. I'm always at your service. Anytime you need me, you just let me know. And be sure when we're going through Zig and Earl and Og Mandino and all those wonderful people and the astronauts of the Apollo 15, 16, oh, 17. There you go. Make sure we all make sure so we also touch on my departed friend, Charlie Manson. Ah <laughs> yes, absolutely. We got a story about Charles Manson. Okay. Well, we don't want to end with that. So we want to end with uh, happy stories about the closers. And again, get your copy. 10.5 million copies sold, the most in probably the world, right? Right? In in sales, yes. Sales and sales. Is that better than chicken soup of the soul? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, they're cheating, though. Oh, they have cheating. all hundreds of authors and and That's so on. True. That's we're probably going. We're probably going to do an anthology where people get to put their individual chapters in the closers part fifteen or whatever. But I'm not there yet. I want to. I'm not done teaching the core stuff. Got it. Well, we all look forward to that. So keep your eyes open. Make sure you buy that book today so that you're connected with Ben. And maybe you'll be in that book, that collaboration of sales book. I look forward to that. All right, Ben, we look forward to having you back on the show. Thank you once again. And for all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, come back because we're going to have a talk and stories about Zig Ziglar and a lot of other famous people coming up real soon. So until then, I'll see you. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. Please hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review and feel free to share our channel with your friends and family. Also, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. We would love to hear from you. And remember, you are one step closer to becoming a million-dollar speaker.